and welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs podcast. We're on season four. This is episode number 17. Andy, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good. It's a songs episode. We're going to talk music, concerts, albums uh, today. It is March 9th, 2023. And uh, we're going to do an album review first, talk some music, and uh, talk about a recent, uh, recent death. But uh, we'll get into yeah. that here uh, here later. It's all going to it's all going to tie together. Today's album is we're going to do Leonard Skinner today. A little bit out of our wheelhouse, but kind of in our wheelhouse too. Yes, uh, interesting stuff. We've never done a review on these guys. I thought that we had, but uh, I thought we had one too. But I think we did one like similar, or maybe one uh, compilation album. But uh, this one's second second helping is called. Uh, it's it called might have been background music at the Christmas party, maybe. Yes, that's probably where I heard it from. Yes. Uh, I always have good stuff. A lot of songs, of course, from Leonard Skinner that people are going to know. People are going to recognize. People are going to say, hey, I know that. I know that song. Uh, uh, but what we're going to do here uh, is talk about the all these songs on the album, uh, whether you've heard about them or not. We'll do a full review. Second Helping is the second studio album by Leonard Skinner released April 15th, 1974. Uh, so, Andy, you know, we're coming up on the 49-year anniversary of this album. Jeez. I'll say that again. 40, 49 years. Holy cow. And this album features the band's biggest hit single, Sweet Home Alabama. Now, Second Helping reached number 12 in the Billboard charts. Uh, it's the highest it got. And then over the years is Double Platinum. This is Double Platinum album. After the success of their debut album, Leonard Skinner's fan base continued to grow rapidly through 1973, largely due to their opening slot on the Who's Tour in the U.S. You know, that's a great... Right. It's something we don't talk about enough here, Andy, on the show, as far as their placement on a tour as the opening act, helping pave your way. If you get on a good tour... Things can happen. If you don't, it could really sour things up. But here they're with the who. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, that's almost like an episode or a two-part episode we're going to have to do. How many of these bands have got launched perfectly off opening acts? And how many it's killed? I mean, yeah. the, the Iron Maiden, Judas Priest tours back in England in the day. Great launches there. How Cinderella launched off other people. Kiss has helped launch other people and been launched. And then also the disaster tours where Jimi Hendrix opened for the monkeys, you know, <laughs> it, I mean, so that's almost like a two parter. And, so and this relates back to the record label working, you know, working and yeah. getting that, getting those things ironed out. And they were working with uh, MCA here for this. So here's a good quote, Andy, uh, reviewing for the Rolling Stone magazine in 1974, the author Gordon Fletcher wrote this review he said leonard skinner performs a consistent style of southern music influenced blues rock similar to the allman brothers yep but lacks the allman brothers sophistication and professionalism now he means this in a good way yeah he said if it doesn't if the song doesn't feel right to the allman brothers they work on it until it does feel right but if it doesn't feel right for leonard skinner they're more likely to crank up the amps and blast their way through the bottleneck <laughs> And, you know, that, that's kind of true. But I remember as a kid, I first started getting these guys in my, my single-digit years. Yeah. I had a tough time telling Leonard Skinner and the Elman Brothers apart when I heard a song. Oh, yep. Correct. Yep. 
you know, as a youngster. Even as now, a, uh, as a young whippersnapper. So that's that's true. Now, the the publication, the Houston Press, ranked yeah. it number two on its list of five essential boogie rock albums. Boogie rock. Yeah. Boogie rock must be a Houston so, thing. So here's the songs. Here's the listings here. Then I I think you've got some uh, yeah. filler and some commentary here besides. But the song you know titled the track off the top there. The first song is "Sweet Home Alabama." That is the one they're known for. Yes. Uh, that, that's of course a good song. But uh, this is the second song, "I Need You," very powerful uh, love ballad. Uh, very very popular song. Three is "Don't Ask Me No Questions." One of my uh, first introductions to yep. uh, to this was that song, and the song four is pretty good, also very good. It's called "Working for MCA," and that's a uh, that's an Ed King uh, song, and um, very good. Now we also get on side two of of the cassette is the Ballad of Curtis Lowe. Very good song. I'm sure you're a big fan of that one, Andy. Very uh, very good. The next song after that is Swamp Music. And then you get The Needle and the Spoon, song about heroin and heroin addiction. And yeah. the final song, Call Me the Breeze, written by J.J. Kale. Call Me the Breeze. Another one that uh, I remember growing up uh, listening to, you know, uh, yep. being influential, that song. I, I liked all these songs. Any of these that jump out to you? Call Me the Breeze, that one. And uh, that, that's kind of one of my other favorites. And don't ask me more questions. It really... Three of my five favorite Leonard Skinner songs are on this album. Okay. okay. You know, so that's yeah, very, uh, it's a good album to get started. If you're not familiar with Skinner, start with this one. Again, it's got Sweet Home Alabama on it, so you'll be familiar with that. And it kind of is a nice lead into the other songs on it. You know, Needle yeah, Spoon. so the okay. singles that they released was Don't Ask Me No Questions. Yep. Uh, uh, the first one, and then they released second in June of 1974 was Sweet Home Alabama. Now, was that in response to Neil Young's song Alabama and Southern Man? Yes, that's what I've heard. It's kind of their, their reply to those two. They kind of said, okay, here, take this. I, I don't know if it was a they were really upset or if it was a tongue-in-cheek. It depends on who you ask, you know. And these guys were a Jacksonville-based band. Uh, yes, Northern Florida, but very, very Southern kind of swampy music, uh, redneck rock, Southern rock, but very good. And boy, do they have a good following. Too. I mean, and if, if you're not a geography major, Jacksonville's up in the northern part of Florida by Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, all that. So it's not down in touristy Florida, Miami, Tampa, stuff like that. It's north. Correct. Correct. And this is this is good stuff. And they take pride in their. Uh, their songs that, that mention various cities' names and states and things like that. Um, now, the the band members, interesting here because, you know, once again, I learned a lot. You know, Ronnie Van Zant, we know his lead vocals, but with the guitarists, Gary Rossington, yep. Alan Collins, and Ed King. Very good. Info on all of them coming up here later in my bits, yeah. Le Leon uh, Wilkerson, Wilkerson on the bass. Now, I don't hear really a lot of bass on any Leonard Skinner song. It's a lot of hard rocking guitar and drums. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe I don't, um, I'm not listening to it correctly, but I, I don't hear a lot of bass. Bob Burns on the drums, Billy Powell on keyboards, a lot of, you know, a lot of piano on these songs as well. Billy yep. Powell. So that's the group, you know, it shows on the cover there, seven. 
Yeah, and you don't see bands like that anymore. It's five tops, you know. Seven guys in the band, and that yep. is what is so rare. So they've got all this guitar work going on in the background. There's guitar solos. And a lot of a lot of rhythm, very bluesy feel to it, but also very upbeat um, party songs to some, to some extent, yep. relationship-based uh, songs. I'm going to bring up your screen here. I know you've got some things on the late. Like, I wouldn't say needle and spoon a relationship, but yeah, kind of the rest. Of it. <laughs> that There's is a, a very, uh, that's a hard-hitting song. Uh, that's a different relationship too. Yeah, very emotional. Um, but Gary Rossington, we did lose him earlier this week. Founding member of the band. I'm kind of getting some stuff about him here early in his career. First of all, Gary Rossington was the last remaining original member of the band, Leonard Skinner, when he passed away at the age of 71. One of the band's founding members, he appeared on all of their albums. Wow. And co-wrote the 1974 hit, Sweet Home Alabama. Now, if you look at that, all of, that's 14 studio albums. It's not really a long, you know, the long career they had, but there was a lot of breaks in there, too. But uh, 14 studio albums, six live albums. You, know, you talk about Kiss with their live right away and a live, too. These guys had six of them. Wow. They almost half as many live albums as studio. Compilation albums, 23. Uh, video albums, five and 30 singles. So if you just do the three, or the, let's not count video albums. That's 43 albums. You count the compilation, the live, and the studio. But granted, live albums are basically glorified greatest hits, and so are compilations. But you put out 29 of those based on 14 studio albums. You're doing something right, you yeah. know. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Washington was born in Jacksonville, Florida. Nice. Uh, his mother called recalled that he had a strong childhood interest in baseball, and aspired as a child to play with the New York Yankees. Hmm. Uh, he recalled he was a good ball player, but upon hearing the Rolling Stones in his early teens, he became interested in music. He gave up on his baseball aspirations. Kind of like, you know, in Field of Dreams when he read Terrence Mann's you know, The Boat Rocker. Uh, like Rossi's love for baseball and directly led him to the formation of Leonard Skinner in 64. Uh, with Ronnie Van Zant and Bob Burns, uh, he became acquainted while playing with the rival Jacksonville team. They jammed together one afternoon after Burns was injured on a ball hit by Van Zant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you hit me with the ball. Let's jam. Uh, they set up their equipment in the carport at Burns' parents' house and played the Rolling Stones, then current hit, Time is on My Side. Liking what they heard, they immediately decided to form a band, naming themselves the Noble Five with the addition of guitarists Alan Collins and bassist Larry Jernstrom. They later changed their name to the band to the 1%, but eventually said it was settling on Leonard Skinner in 69. Uh, he grew up in his Rossington grew up in a single parent home and said that their relationship with Van Zant became somewhat of a father figure to him, even though Van Zant was only like three years older than him. But he taught him all the stuff that you need to do when you're 14, 15, 16. Okay. So even though he's three years older, and I guess I kind of remember at that age, you had someone who's a little older than you, you kind of looked up to him. Uh, according to the patriarch, uh, Lacey Van Zant of the Van Zant family. Once went to Jacksonville, Florida's. Okay, I put this part on here just so I could say this. No one can yell at me. Robert E. Lee High School. <laughs> no, they ain't rednecks. They went to Robert E. Lee High School. 
uh, to plead his case to school administration after the fatherless Rossington was suspended for having long hair. Lacey Van Zant explained to the assistant principal that Rossington's father, who died shortly after he was born, had died in the army and that Rossington's mother needed the money Rossington made in the band. Lacey Van Zant further explained, like his own sons, they were working men with long hair was part of the job. It was not known for the elder Van Zandt's efforts were successful, but he later dropped out of high school to focus on Leonard Skinner. I am a big proponent that you should always get your high school education, but you know what? You went to Robert E. Lee High School, man. You had long hair. Yes. Not all heroes wear capes. Yes. In 76, heaven fellow Leonard Skinner guitarist Alan Collins were both involved in separate car accidents in their hometown. Rossin had just had a new Ford Torino and hit an oak tree while under the influence of alcohol and drugs. And other drugs. <laughs> and we all know how when you're on alcohol and other drugs, those trees come out of nowhere. Yes. The band was forced to postpone their tour, and they fined him $5,000 for the delay. A song, That Smell, written by Van Zant and Collins, was based on the wreckage in Rossington's state of influence from drugs and alcohol that caused it. Rossington was one of 20 passengers who survived the October 20th, 1977 plane crash near McComb, Mississippi, that claimed the lives of Leonard Skinner members Ronnie Van Zant, Steve Gaines, Casey Gaines, Cassie Gaines, and three others. As passengers braced for impact, Rossington recalls hearing what sounded like hundreds of baseball bats hitting the plane's fuselage as they began striking trees. The sound got louder and louder. He was knocked unconscious. He awoke sometime later on the ground with the plane's door on top of him. Days later, Rossington was informed in the hospital by his mother that Van Zant and others had been killed. Rossington recovered from the injuries and played the stage again with steel rods in his right arm and right leg. Hmm. Although in time he fully recovered from several injuries sustained from the crash, he battled serious drug addiction for several years, largely as a result of the heavy dependence on the pain medication taken during his recovery. Uh, he co-founded the Rossington Collins Band with Collins in 80. The band released two albums, but disbanded in 82 after the death of Collins' wife, Kathy. I didn't know that. Okay. Along with his wife, Dale Krantz Van Zandt, they formed the Rothington Band, which released two albums in 86 and 88 until his death in 2023. Rothington still played with Leonard Skinner. With the death of bassist Larry Jernstrom in 2019, he became the last surviving original member of the band. I mean, you hear all those things about the band. And as of 2019, they still had two guys left. So, you know. Yeah, lots of things they had to deal with uh, along the way. Uh Deaths and drugs. Like I said this was why they had fourteen albums in sixty years, fifty years. You know. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know about the baseball background. Yeah. See, sports and songs. We tie it all together here. It's very good. Very interesting. For uh, okay. Concerts. We hit some local stuff here. Some of our friends, like our friends, non grata. Non grata. Friday at Wildwood Barbecue and Saloon in Iowa City. Again, for those of you who are not geography majors, Iowa City's in Iowa. 
Now they've uh, their latest release uh, came out last month, did it not? Yes, very good. Uh, check out their YouTube page or their Spotify page. You can see that. Okay. Also, I'm pretty sure a couple three times I've shared it on our page as well. Yeah, this is all original music by these. Yep. Guys. Very very talented men. Very very young talented young men. Kiss in Time, the 74 through 77 tribute tour, their 10th anniversary show at Route 47, Friday the 18th of March, Saturday 8 p.m. Coming up. Yep, with guest Motley Six opening. That'll be fun. Lionel Richie. Okay. Anyone who's got problems with you having Lionel Richie on the show can come fight me. I love me some Lionel Richie. Him, along with Earth, Wind, and Fire, the 73-year-old Lionel Richie, along with Earth, Wind, and Fire, will be at, I believe, at the Axe, August 4th. Tickets go on sale next week, so... Pretty sure, kind of like the Billy Joel concert or Bruce Springsteen, who was just here, they won't be cheap. They will be expensive, yes. Yeah. So try to win your tickets now. <laughs> Pop Rocks will be at the Shawkopee Bowl Saturday, March 11th. If you're into that, um, very, very good cover band from what I've heard. Very popular. Hairball, March 18th at the Myth with their new lead singer. They're doing very well. I see a lot of their stuff on social media. Still chucking right along. 23 years they've been around. Wow. Wow. A couple new releases here. One I've shared on the social media. Winger has a new one out. Proud Desperado. Uh, let's do it today beforehand. And this isn't a good or bad thing. This is just the truth. Sounds very Winger-ish. Okay. If you like Winger, you'll like this. They haven't changed their sound. They're done it. It, you can tell right off the bat, it's a winger. And, okay. You know, it's just if, so if you like them, here you go. If you never like their old sound, don't bother because it sounds the same. In other news. Nice. I thought you'd like that one. I like that. I thought that was for you. Since I didn't have a soapbox, I had to go to this one for you. Ron Burgundy. Yes. Former intern, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Nina Strauss is going to rejoin Alice Cooper for his tour in 2020. Oh, I saw that. Now, I did yeah. see this. Yes. Yes. So that's very good. Very good news there. That all is well again in the world, which basically means not only is it good news she's returning to Alice Cooper, it basically means Alice Cooper is touring in 2023. Yes. So let's take the good and the bad of that. That's what I have musically, sir. Now, have you followed The Last in Line, the band? Yes, they are coming up. They just played here or are playing here soon, I believe. Um, and I'm not maybe they're Medina, I'm not sure, but uh, mm -hmm. I've seen I've seen stuff for them coming up. It's another it's another original band but made up of yep. former uh, heavy metal uh standouts, uh, yes. more of the Dio background, but The yep. Last in Line is what they're called. That's a band. But boy, Nita Strauss is back with Alice Cooper. I've never seen Alice Cooper in concert. Maybe when they uh, come here in 2023, hopefully if they do, or in the surrounding areas, uh, that'd be one I'd, I'd, I'd like to maybe attend. Now, what I know of Alice Cooper now later in his life here, if he is going to tour here, it's going to have to be during golf season so he can get 18 holes in. Yes. Al, very avid golfer, very good golfer too, by the way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's similar to uh, how Ted Nugent does his scheduling uh, around hunting season. Yes. Pretty sure Alice won't come here this time of year. So he will do when golf is uh, ready to rock. Yes. He, he can do that. So anything else for, 
Anything else for music? No, like I said, yeah, we always pop up some of the cover bands um, and local bands. We always put on our social media pages, so please give us a follow there. If you are in said cover band and you want to practice your interviews, being interviewed skills, let us know. We'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, we've we've done a bunch. It's it's fun uh, getting together with these guys and gals who do uh, yep. tribute music. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, very easy going crowd. And, and like yeah. we said, most we do eighties hair bands. But like I said, I plugged Lionel Richie. We plugged Pop Rocks. We, we'll do we'll listen to anything. You know, we'll, we'll have anyone on. We don't care. Motley Crue, Heart. Yeah. Guns yep. and Roses. Yep. Well, we haven't Mega. had Dustin Bones on yet, but we're working on that one. Megadeth, Iron Maiden. All that fun stuff. All right, guys, have a good week. Uh, we'll see you next time. And that's all we've got. Any recommendations and requests, please put them in the comment section below. Thank you. Have a good week. Bye-bye.